Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. favorite thing after reading oh, all this Canadian stuff. Oh, yeah, you're smelling rude. You're smelling a little rude. You're smelling a little rude. Oh. You want to start this off? Well, why not? Yeah. Should we start off? Okay, it's episode 53, mm-hmm. Robert Picton, part three. Mm-hmm. The Butcher. Das Butcher. Das Butcher. And before we get to swing into the meat and taters of all of this. Uh, you said swinging meat. Swinging meat. <laughs> Fucking pork sword flying in the wind. <laughs> We're going to say thank you to Studio Sweden. Get your awesome headphones at sudio.com. That's studio.com. And use the promo code CMD at checkout for 15% off your order. They have awesome over the ear. You can now change the caps on the outside. They have a lot of different designs. They have earbuds, which are extraordinarily comfortable. They have excellent battery life. If you're interested, go check that out. If you want to donate to our Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash color me dead podcast. We want to give a big thanks to our Alpha Dogs, which is our top tier. Uh, Tiffany Piper, Clinton Toon, and our newest is Tracy Louder Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you guys are bad motherfuckers. Uh, also, you guys can come and meet us in New Orleans at Potter and Love. It'll be August 10th through the 12th. We will be there the 9th through the 13th. Um, so if you guys want to come and check us out, we're going to be at the Intercontinental Hotel in New Orleans, Louisiana, right in the heart of the French Quarter. <laughs> to get 10% off your admission, use the code C-O-L-O-R, that's color, at checkout. We got some of the research for this episode out of the book On the Farm by Stevie Cameron. She goes in a lot of detail about a lot of things. If you want to learn a lot more, go check that beast out. It's a big son of a bitch. It's huge. And there's like details about what kind of shits Willie took. No, not quite that far. But there's tons. Pretty, pretty, pretty detailed. There's very, yes. Pretty detailed. Rory. So last week we talked about how Willie was picking up women now. Um, we talked about how the... <laughs> what? I love your, your typo, the prostitute. The prostitute. I saw that when I opened up my computer and I was like, oh, what's a prostitute? wow, what's a prostitute? But if you try to fix that on autocorrect, it comes up prostate. Yes, I was going to say I've had that happen. Oops. My bad. So, <laughs> so anyway, we talked about how the prostitute that he injured sent him to the hospital for 300 stitches um, on his neck and various different pokes where she had been able to fucking nab him. You got me good, you bitch. You got me good, you bitch. Uh, we also talked about Piggy's Palace. What we didn't mention were some of the bands that actually played there. This place was busy all the time. And now we did talk about how it was bringing in like ten to 40000 a night. So they were, they were fucking banging. One of the bands that is rumored to have played there is Nickelback. And 
it's possible that they were just starting out because you you got to stop and think about the time frame. Yeah. Um, ninety six. I well, because they were pretty popular by ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah, and so so they, they were probably been... like on the rise. Yeah. Um. So they were they were probably like mid, like rise to fame, yeah. and they played there a few times. We're not exactly sure when Willie started killing women. Now, in 1980, he allegedly picked up a 14-year-old prostitute. He quickly got violent with her. He attacked her with a knife, raped her, and then left her... Oh, I know, 14. Fucking wee lamb. Left her in a fucking parking lot. You have a bad enough life that you've clearly had to turn to prostitution just to get by. By? At 14. Yeah, now you're getting raped by fucking... Willie... Willie... By Porkchop Rob. Pig shit. Yeah. Pig shit Rob. Fucking for real. Gross. Exact with his dirty pork sword. God, that's all I can think about. It's just how fucking filthy he is. That's a UTI. Garen fucking teed. Even if they make him wrap it. Like, Like, I just, mm -mm, nope, nope. I I expect there to be like fecal matter matted in his Mm -hmm. pubic region. Like, I just. He's got dingleberries in his Yeah, that kind of shit. For fucking real. And it's not his shit. (laughs) Fuck. Some some say that he had started killing at this time, and some say it wasn't until the 90s. So there's some conflicting information that you are going to pull from different sources. Now, we did talk about the missing women. Um, as we talked about this in the last few episodes, the number of missing women downtown Eastside was rapidly growing and at an all-time high, which is why they started that buddy system, yeah. so that you would have a spotter to make sure that you got out of the fucking car and back on the strip. Well... Over 60 women ended up going missing by the time Willie was caught. Now, he is responsible for 49 yeah. that they, like, could choke out of him. Yeah. But 60 went fucking missing. Now over, did, It was, like, 63. I can't yeah. remember the exact number. So, but. but did some of them hop a fucking bus and, like, go somewhere else? Or is he really responsible for all of them? Now, I don't know. Oh, we'll fucking get into that. Maybe now. we'll find out. Maybe. Between 1995 and 97, 21 women altogether went missing, all of which were reported, but the police really didn't care, which goes back into that thing like, ah, it's a sex worker. They're all drug addicts. Who fucking cares? When a woman was reported missing, the police wouldn't take it serious because prostitutes were so finger quote hard to track down the police would say that maybe they took off on a bus to see one or and so they were all brushed off in 1987 there was a missing persons tax task force formed by um canadian profilers which they didn't even have like like our fbi profilers they didn't even have those until somewhere in the 80s like early 80s so this was formed by a few of those, but it eventually dissolved because they got nowhere with it and they couldn't get funds because they weren't finding anyone. Well, and if you're that new, like if you're that new to the game, I can understand how difficult that job would be, especially if they were just now forming it. Where did they get their training? Yeah, you they got I mean? their like, training from the U.S. FBI. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And only one person made it through, though. There was one guy that made it through the FBI training, and then he came back. And so he was like the only FBI pro, or I can't remember what theirs are, the, the RMCP or whatever they're called. Um, but there was just one guy. And Trying to he, do all of this fucking yeah, work. Yeah, he trained a couple more. So that's where all of that came from. But it wasn't a very strong... Or successful endeavor. Yeah, and it's, like, especially when they would get a lead, like they couldn't get any funding to go to that lead because nobody else gave a fuck. 
uh, from what I could tell, there were four serial killers roaming around Vancouver the same time that Willie Pickton was slaughtering women. There was one serial killer by the name of Gilbert Paul Jordan, a.k.a. the Boozing Barber. He would pick up women, have sex with them, and then make them drink vodka until they died of alcohol poisoning because he liked watching them die. It's possible that he picked up around 200 women per year from 1980, and some things that I read say that he started in 1965, but 1980 to 1988. It's unknown how many he actually killed, although the police say it was about 10. He did six years in prison for manslaughter, and I believe that was just for one woman, and he died in 2006. The police even knew about him, but they weren't interested in investigating serial killers because it was such a long, drawn-out process, and they didn't have the means to take care of it, so they just didn't want to get involved in it, much like the prostitutes. The police refer to the murders as Jordan-esque. Um, this is how much they didn't give a fuck about the missing women from the downtown east side. They would find a woman who looked like she had died from alcohol poisoning and say, Oh, we've got another Jordan-esque on our hands. Like, ha 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 ha. That's funny. Oh. God, God, fuckers. I know. Jesus. That's not nice. I hope that they all feel really bad about themselves because they could have caught him a long ago. Like, right? There could have only been like two. But instead there's 49. Congratulations. I know. If you guys had pulled sticks out of ass yeah. and, like, gave a shit, yeah. this wouldn't... One fuck would have helped. One frock <laughs> what? from one. each of you. One frock. Fuck, one frock. One frock. <laughs> what? You like to give one frock you from give each. One, you give one frock, you get your nail done. <laughs> one frock, no one die. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's also believed that Gary Ridgway claimed a few victims there on his travels. If you don't know who Gary Ridgway is, whoa. If you don't know who Gary Ridgway is, which I'm sure everybody listening does, but if you don't know, he was the Green River Killer. In the early 80s, there was a reporter from the Vancouver Sun named Kim Pemberton that was on their ass all the time. When they found out if there was a homicide or a missing person, she would show up to their daily briefings and say, was it a prostitute? And she didn't get very far with them anytime because they don't give a fuck. She said they weren't interested in prostitutes, and they loathed talking about serial killers. Well, and that's... How, how fucking gross is it that that was one of their, like, main criterias when they started the conversation? Was it a sex worker? That's what she would ask them to see how... If they were going to investigate it or yeah. She was on their asses. And they're just like, ugh. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> They do that fucking little kid thing where they just like mumble fuck their words. I don't, I don't know. So yeah. I don't know. And they just shrug a lot, shrugger yeah. all non-committal. I don't know. That <laughs> that reporter was one that helped push to get picked and found as well, found and caught, and because she was on their asses so much, all of her stuff on the police's asses. She lit a fire. Good for her for being a feisty little spit fuck. Yes. Good for her. Good, good, good little good, good, good. Good. It reminds me of like Zombieland. I can tell you're a bit of a bitch. So I think we've got about until Texarkana. You'll take me to Texarkana? All right. All right. All right. I love that movie. Me too. Back at the ranch. ranch so hands. when they were asked if they were going to be doing anything about these missing and murdered women that came from the Lower East Side, a senior homicide investigator answered by saying, I'd rather solve one Aaron Kaplan over a dozen prostitutes. And that was a quote. Like a direct fucking quote. 
Aaron Kaplan was a two-year-old who was taken from his bed and murdered. Which, yes, of course you want to solve that. But these people, whether they made bad choices or not, they had lives too. The sex workers ended up keeping track of all the bad tricks to give to the police. So they made a fucking dossier of men that were, like, they were in the no-fucking-fly zone. No. I'm sorry, sir. No, you I may not be seated on the airplane. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to leave the terminal. <laughs> You do not do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Go straight to fucking jail. They were making these files or whatever. We talked about the spotters in the last episode, and this is a lot of the reason for the spotters is because they had these Johns that would show up, and they were either being too aggressive, they were raping, they weren't paying. You know, I mean, a multitude of different things. Maybe they had diseases. Maybe they okay. were. You know what I mean? Like, eh. And so these women are making a fucking file of all the dudes that can't, like, come hang out. The police said that they reviewed this information, but I don't think they really gave a shit about it. Like, they, no. they looked over it and they were like, ah, yeah, so. And they, then just, so. And just fucking threw it in the corner and walked away from it. Calling Me Dead, the, the duo that we are, believe that this was the beginning of his killing. And we kind of mentioned that after talking about the rape of that little 14-year-old that he, like, tossed off into a fucking parking lot. He got a taste of the violence and he wanted more. Now, it's not uncommon for people who engage in these kind of activities to want to ramp it up. First, you're having strange sex with women that you, maybe not strange sex, but you're having sex with a person you don't know. And that could be thrilling for somebody. Yeah. Um, it's not about the intimacy when he's inside of a woman. It's the thrill of getting off and he doesn't know this woman and that kind of thing. Well, then it, it's like proven they need more and more and more mm -hmm. and more. So then it turns into getting a little rough. And then the BDSM, which some of that shit happened at Piggy's Palace. Yeah. Um, and then it goes from BDSM to like rape fantasy. And then it goes from rape fantasy to fucking actual murder. And this has been proven in a lot of different serial killer mm -hmm. cases where it started off with like killing puppies or looking at violent porn. And at the end of the day, you've got a fucking body under your bed. Yeah. <laughs> like it and it some people it takes years. Other people fucking ramp it right up from like stage one to stage five in a matter of like months. Yeah. And Willie started out with, okay, well, we started out when he was 17 and his mom taught him that life doesn't matter right and then his first and only relationship the sexual physical relationship he's ever had has been with a prostitute so he went from zero to 50 and then from there he had to go to violence from violence he had to go to murder in my opinion i'm sure you agree but yeah that's he and just... it's it's been that way in a lot of different things that i've read mm -hmm. where um one of the cases that I'm actually researching um, for future episodes, and it'll be another series, uh, the kid's first sexual experience when he first started showing signs of pu puberty and having erections was his mom. He lost his virginity to his mom. And there's your sneak peek into Color Me Dead's future. Yep. Back to Willie Picton. Once he got the money, he felt like his wealth equaled power, and he got pissed whenever... He didn't get what he wanted, and then he would get violent. It's believed that he may have been a missionary killer. Missionary killers are people that they, they think they're doing the world a favor. Now, another missionary killer was Ed Gein, if you think about it, because he had been taught by his mother that, you know, they were just a bunch of fucking harlots, charlatans, whores. 
oh, that's horse. It reminds me of uh oh god, uh Mr. Deeds. I think yes. that's when the horrors come in. <laughs> oh, God, that was one time in 1940, you know, like. So Ed Gein thought he was doing the world a favor by getting rid of a few women. So there's many similarities between Ed Gein and Porkchop Rob. Except I don't love Porkchop Rob as much. No, I think, I don't know. Sometimes I have sympathy for the devil. And then other times I'm like, ah, fuck it, whatever. Like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. But he believed, it's believed that he was a missionary killer. Like, he thought he was doing the world a favor by ridding it of bad people. He didn't like the drug addicts, so he would lure them in with drugs, which was something he despised, and then get rid of them. And, you know, the useless dad, the overbearing cunt of a mother, the bond that they had. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. And they both had a brother that, like, treated them like shit. Yeah. I mean, except Ed fucking dispatched his funny how that works. works so there's a lot of similarities there eddie didn't butcher animals but <laughs> i mean he saw but. He, but, but i mean he saw yeah he saw it happen did. yeah i mean he he wasn't without the knowledge yeah well going back to that you know i've been watching a documentary called murderers and their mothers oh Yeesh. i know what i'm doing tonight yeah oh it's uh it's on amazon prime um, I think there's nine episodes, um, because I, I delve and I start taking notes yeah. on different shit that I might want to do later, but, uh, you can get it on Amazon prime and it's basically running the childhood and then getting into the crimes of certain murderers and serial killers to determine whether, or the, whether or not their mom had an impact on how they turned out I'm in, and I'm sold. Yeah. And it's, it's quite interesting. They do several several heavy hitters and a few are lesser knowns. Mm-hmm. But when you hear about their upbringing, it's pretty it's pretty easy to see where people are like, yeah, their mom fucked them up. Like, look at the shit they did to their kid, yeah. and then their kid turned around and did all this crazy shit. And mm-hmm. it's easy to see where, yeah, like the relationship. And it always seems like they have a really close, a lot of them have like a really close bond with their mother. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And then testicles in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, like and, then, fuck. and next thing we know, there's, there's balls. <laughs> like, uh, cause did you see the Jeffrey Dahmer? Yes, I posted? I so Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't because <laughs> um, and Joy's got mounds. Don't. Oh God. Uh. <clears throat> oh jeffrey and your nuts in the freezer back of the ranch just to give you sort of a rundown on the timeline since we've skipped around a lot willie started picking up girls on that downtown east side somewhere between 1975 and 76 ish like around 75 from what i can tell yes all right when he was 25 from what i've gathered so young man that's when he was hanging a regular, like a hanging regular at the Astoria. Like he would go there to chill out. Um, and that was a pub on Hastings Street. In 1980, he allegedly attacked a 14-year-old. In 1994 is when his older sister sold the land and made them all rich. 1996 is when Piggy's Palace and 
What was the full name of it? Piggy's Palace and Good Times Society. Yeah, Good Times Society. I don't know. Something creepy. And- <laughs> That's when it got started in 1997 is when he attacked Sandra Gale, who in the documentaries has a different name. So I'm wondering if one was a street name, one's a real name. I'm not really sure. Or if it was changed for her protection in the book. Potentially. Because in the documentary, it's a completely different name. Well, I'm sure that it was then. Yeah. I was like, what, what, he did this to two people? And I'm like, oh, no, no. So we're going to go back to 1995 for a minute and we'll work our way up from there. Hopefully, because a lot of the dates are missing. It's, it's like, this happened and this happened and this happened, but no dates. On February 23rd, 1995, a man named Bill Wilson was getting some water out of the slow to carry off to his car. He wanted to clean it, his car like the right. windshield was dirty, whatever. When he knelt down to fill up his water bottle, he saw something that he thought was a brown bowl in the rocks. So he walked over to see what it was, and it was a human skull cut in half. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, This guy had a pretty bad criminal record, and he didn't want the police to think that it was him. So he didn't say anything. Oh, no. That's that's (laughs) so horrifying. Like, I've been in trouble before, and I don't want them to think this was me. So I'm just going to put this back. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to add this to my record. So no, thank you. No, thank you. He had a doctor's appointment that he needed to go to. He also needed to go shopping. So he decided he would tell police if he happened to see one in passing or else he would tell them the next day. He finally got around to telling the police the next day at 5 p.m. <laughs> the police were there by 5.30 investigating. Mm. They decided not to mark this area off as a crime scene because the slow had flooded a few days earlier, clear up to the road, so it probably just washed down. It had been higher up. Right. The Adipocare, Adipo, how do we say that name? And I know because we did it on an episode before. Which is like the green wax, or not green, gray, waxy, slimy shit. Anyway, it was on this, the adipocare that was on the skull showed that it had been there for at least a year or two. So she's, whoever this belongs to has been dead for a minute. It hadn't been chewed on, anim, hadn't been chewed on by animals either. So the forensic pathologist thought that it had not been in that location where it was found for more than a week or two. What they didn't know at the time of finding the skull known as Jane Doe is that the rest of her skeleton was buried just up the road at the Picton Farm. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. ba da ba da dun <laughs> Around 1995 was the time that Willie had Gina Houston picking up women for him because he had landed himself on the bad date list. I don't know why. Jeez. Get a little violent with a girl once. God stab her once and I get blackballed from the fucking skid row. Sensitive Sally's. (laughs) God. From 1996 to 1998, more than once, Port Coquitlam had tried to shut Piggy's Palace down. (laughs) Well, it was a non-profit organization, like... But they were bringing in a shit ton of money, and it was supposed so to go to charity. Much. Some of it, not all of it, just the like the events that they had. But if they're not, if they're a nonprofit, it's literally to cover the cost of like were overhead. They a nonprofit? I think so. I thought they just had nonprofit events. We might have to look in that. I and... I thought I read that it was nonprofit organization that they did everything for charitable. Like, everything oh, was supposed shit. to go to charity. So if it's non-profit, because, like, Blue Cross Blue Shield is a yeah. not for, not-for-profit insurance company. So basically, the only money that they keep is to cover wages and overhead. So 
And they took all of their um, door fees and cash. So yeah. That makes so, sense. you know what I mean? I could see can where a portion it. of the proceeds, depending on, you know, the amount of money coming in. But if it was all cash, then you could fiddle fuck around with those numbers. Oh, yeah, for real. And I don't know. We're going to have to look into that a yeah, little deeper. Yeah, that's the deal. Because I didn't even, we'll let you know on the next episode exactly what was going on there. Probably not exactly. We weren't there, but... They were. They kept trying to shut it down, but Porkchop Rob and Douchebag Dave didn't listen, and they just kept going. Like, they would show up to shut him down, and they'd be like, no. That's a solid no from me. We're going to keep going. In 1998, Project Amelia was formed, but dissolved because a few of the women they were investigating were really still alive. Going back to 63 went missing, 49 were claimed by Porkchop Rob, so there was a few that like slipped through the cracks and it was like, did he really kill him or did they bail? So this is kind of answering that question that I posed. Now, they were investigating and like I said, some were still alive and had just left the downtown east side. They also had been more disappearances. Yeah, there was like a few that they looked into them that literally did take the bus and left. <laughs> we were just like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. In 1999, Gina Houston, Willie's go-getter, had been beaten up by her boyfriend one last time and took her children and moved to Surrey. She lived in a house called Sheena's Place, which was a woman's shelter for women and their children. There she met a woman named Lynn Ellings- Ellingson. Sorry. Whenever I try to pronounce last names... I see the word. I know what I should say. And, and I'm it, like, Ellington. No, it's yeah. Ellingson. Yeah, it doesn't come out right. Because no. your mouth betrays you. Because your fucking mouth betrayed Yeah. Yeah, fucking bitch. <laughs> your <laughs> mouth oh, is a bitch. Your, your mouth. Listen, bitch. Say the goddamn <laughs> words. <laughs> Lynn was a single mother whose son was being raised by her parents. She was an alcoholic and was a dick. She was addicted to cocaine as well. Now, she made friends with Gina, and one day they got a call from Willie. She was going to go visit him and asked if Lynn, and she asked Lynn, like, do you want to go with me? Willie gave Gina 50 bucks to help her out. <laughs> Gina told Lynn what kind of person Willie was and gave her the phone number. So yeah, like, it was like, you need 50 bucks. I know how you can get it. Oh, I'll help you out. And yeah. Yeah. It's going to involve dingleberries and wiener glue. But luckily for <laughs> Lynn and Gina, I don't think either one of them ever did that with him. Oh, God. I fucking... I fucking no, I can't. I can't. No. So now Lynn's got Porkchop Rob's phone number. Women are only allowed to stay in the shelter for about a month, and Lynn, Lynn's time was coming up. So she moved with a friend, and it wasn't working out. So she called Gina in desperation for help. And Gina was like, well, you, I mean, you can go stay with Willie. You have his phone number. You've, hey? <laughs> you have. He might smell a little rude, but you can go stay there. <laughs> Fuck off, hoser. <laughs> go stay at Willie's. Fuck off, eh? Why don't you go down to that Picton place and stay there, eh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fucking trailer park boys. Sorry. Julian? Julian? I don't know if I can work with you guys anymore. <laughs> Fucking love it. I forgot they were Canadian too. Yeah, God they damn are. It. They are. Um, And the new season just came out. Oh, I'm on the first season still. Oh, shit. No, I'm like, I barreled through 11 seasons in like record fucking time. I haven't watched so Look at this anything. sweet little cocksucker. 
That's a pretty, pretty sweet fucking kitty. <laughs> oh, okay. So Lynn's got the phone number. She needs a place to stay. Gina's like, I mean, call Willie, see if she can go, if you can go there. So Lynn moved into Willie's trailer and went to work on the farm, helping out with Dave's businesses. Even though she had left her abusive boyfriend, they stayed in touch. He came and visited her at the farm from time to time and would stay the night. Come on. Lynn or Gina? Lynn. Okay. Because Gina had a bad boyfriend too. And it just said... Yeah, okay. they both have him because Gina left hers because he was be- he beat her up for the last time. But then Lynn moved in with Willie, and she also had an abusive boyfriend, and that's why she was at Sheena's place is because she was getting away from him. And but they kept in touch because because be- because that's what happens in abusive relationships. It really does. Like it it's really easy is. To fall back. It's into that fucking it. victim, mm-hmm. that victim mentality, dude. It's hard to fucking shake. It it is. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I feel like the Seinfeld, like, ba-dang, dang, dang, da-dang, da-dang, <laughs> should just play, because we both just made eye contact, and we're like, yep. Yeesh. There were always people dropping by and staying the night here and there, and one of them was Andrew Bellwood. Andrew was a drug addict who would help Willie steal things. Since they were so much alike, Willie felt like he had found a buddy and that he could share things with. Well, one February evening, Willie decided that he could tell his new best friend some of his secrets. Oops. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't We're know. We're best so. friends. I'm going to tell you all my secrets. I don't know. They're sitting there braiding each other's fucking hair. And Willie's like, oh, God. Let, let me tell you some of my secrets. And he says, Willie, eh, you've got a bunch of shit fucking, in your hair. Fucking eh? nuts. Your fucking <laughs> kitchen's a mess. <laughs> According to Andrew, Willie was laying on his bed and Andrew was sitting in a chair near the window. Willie asked him if he wanted to go and pick up a sex worker. And he was like, hey, you want to go get a hugger? And Andrew said no, because he wasn't really into that. Willie proceeded to tell him what exactly he did with these sex workers. In the book, though, it literally says hookers. I, oh, so yeah. So a lot of these are quotes where it says hookers. Yeah, don't. I am not a big word police fan, but I know that there are some words that offend other people. And I take that into consideration most of the time mostly when i say because mostly we're like we're here to fuck your feelings right well and i i try to take some things into consideration but like i said if i say prostitute hooker or whatever it's because that's the way it was said yeah and you know none what I mean? of it's derogatory from us no not, not ever. it's just a word to us from us or it's a quote from a book like that was a quote from a book do you Lit- want to go get a hooker? literal quote you want to go get a hooker yeah. Well, and I, there's a there's a, a slew of words that I've noticed that people don't care for. And that's fine. Like, I get it. Some words are offensive to other people for whatever reason. Like if the word I, moist. So, like, don't get upset if you hear no, certain words out of us. We're not trying to be mean. assholes. So. We are assholes, but we're not trying Ass- to be. <laughs> he said Willie reached under his mattress and grabbed a pair of handcuffs. A belt and a wire with a handle on each end of it. He told him that he would pick them up downtown. He would draw them in with drugs or money. And he had difficult times getting them to come to the farm because they didn't like going out of their area. Go figure. (laughs) Weird. Supplies. (laughs) Once he got them to the farm, he would take them to his room, put them on the bed, bang them from the behind so they were on all fours. And then he would grab their hands and slowly bring them behind them and handcuff them. Once they were handcuffed, he would strangle them and gag them. And he would either he would either strangle them with a belt or else that wire. It just depended on the day, I guess. 
Because hearing it wasn't bad enough for Andy, Willie got up on the bed and did a little acting for him. Like, I wonder if he, like, pretended like he was fucking him, like, grabbing their hips and shit. Oh, God almighty. Please don't say things like that. I don't need that image in my fucking <laughs> head. I do head not. for weeks. Do not want. Do you're, not want. You're welcome. He pretended to stroke their hair and showed him how he would pull their hands back and tell them that everything was going to be okay. Willie would say, quote, things are going to be okay now. That's a good girl. Okay. It, 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 like, can, if ever my cooter was going to be drier than a fucking kitty potty box, yeah, it, it's now. How's that kitty litter cooch for you right <laughs> Yeah, dude. Fuck. After he... I think so, it just fucking, like, ascended up into my body. You're going to have to Like, cope. it just folded in all of it. Like a trap box. Yeah. Like, it just folded in all of its bits and pieces and, like, tucked up inside. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Spencer's got his work cut out for him trying oh, to coach God. that thing out again. <laughs> no, sorry. He's holding the jelly beans trying to get it to fucking open back up. No. No. <laughs> Would you do that for me? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. If God wanted us to be down there, he wouldn't have put a playground next to a sewage plant. <laughs> no! I love Sorry. that part. After he strangled them and killed them, he would take the dead bodies out to the barn and bleed them out and gut them. Mm-hmm. Sound like somebody we know. Mm-hmm. He commented to Andy about how much people bleed. He also told him that pigs will eat pretty much all of the human remains, and anything that they didn't eat went into the barrels and hauled off to West Coast Reduction. After this fun revelation, Willie was excited and asked Andy if he wanted to go get a hooker again. Like, talking about it got him all ramped up. Yeah, he was all fucking randy about it, and he's like, are you sure you don't want to come along for this fucking fun-filled little adventure? I'll let you watch. (laughs) Listen, I know the first time's usually a struggle, so... You just watch how I do it, and the next time it'll be fun for you, too. We can and his do friend's probably just standing there all wide-eyed and fucking, what? He's like, no. Because Andy was like, no, I'm broke. And Willie was like, I'll give you some money for it. And Andy was like, no, I'm, I'm just too scared to, to get a girl. I don't, I'm not that into it. So Willie decided that he would make fun of him to Lynn and say, Andy's scared to get a hooker. And he was like trying to bully him into going to getting one. And he just kept saying it over and over. And after that night, Willie would end up regretting the decision to tell his little friend all of this. All of his dirty little secrets. Mm-hmm. Three days later, he decided that Andy was stealing from him and had Lynn call her boyfriend at the time to come and tune him up a bit. A wee bit. It was him and another oh. guy that stayed there off and on. I like how they how they word that. Tune him up. Tune him up. That was my words. Oh. <laughs> We're going to need to tune this guy up a little bit. I need to tune you up, motherfucker. Listen here. Mm-hmm. I've been watching too much TV. Now I haven't been watching enough. Now I'm trying to make my own shit. They showed up, questioned him about the stolen stuff, and he said he didn't do it. So then they beat the shit out of him. They made him clean up his own blood. And promised that he would have the tools back to Willie within 24 hours. Yeah, the shit that he didn't take. That he's, yeah, but at he's that like, point, uh, he's like, I'll have him back to you. He's like, like no. I, don't, I don't fuck. Tell me what's fucking missing. I'll go yeah. steal it to replace it. No like, shit. If I'm going to get my ass kicked over it. And then clean up your own blood when you can't really see. And you've got blood dripping all over it. Because I guess the blood was like splatter. They got him good. Got you good, you fucker. Yeah. Ugh. Got you good, fucker. That sucks. Give me the goddamn soap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. 
Back at the ranch. Around this time, which was spring of 99, the RCMP were trying to get info from Lisa. Bill Hiscock. Uh, Hiscox. Hiscox. <laughs> I know. I, I, I want to, yeah. Hiscox. Oh, my God. Bill Hiscox, that we talked about in episode one, said that he was very suspicious of Willie Picton and that they wanted to see what info they could get from Lisa to back this all up and see if they could coerce her into giving them a nibble of information tell me tell me she didn't want to say shit to him i get that they were buddies you know well yeah but she was floored when they said that he might be responsible for all the women that had been going missing on the downtown east side she was very uncooperative and they pretty much just gave up and left they were like fuck it she's not going to talk we're out we're not going to waste any more time here no after the uh after they left she began to think about it and she's you know she's thinking it through she always thought that he was a serial killer like she knew that in the back of her brain she knew he could butcher anything she started thinking about all of the ground meat that her ex-husband helped willie take to the meat shops (laughs) she was now convinced that it was human remains in it and that she got hepatitis c from it which which sort of looked fuck dude that can happen Uh you know that there was a fucking hepatitis a outbreak from edible arrangements right there in murray off of state street off of 53rd and state Uh -uh. yep just recently they said that if you had an edible arrangement from like the end of february to like the end of march if you had like these symptoms blah 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 you need to go in and be checked because they had an employee that was in the middle of like an illness like a hepatitis a illness or whatever and they let her work fucking anyway making edible fucking arrangements oh my god and they had a fucking hepatitis a outbreak like shit that it can fucking happen yeah i looked it up afterwards because when i was listening to the last podcast on the left about him they were laughing their asses off like kind of discrediting that that's how you could get it is what i got out of it i don't know if that's what they were saying or just making fun of it because that's fucking hilarious but you can get it that way. You can. You can eat if a uh, if a girl who he butchered and ground into the beef or ground into the to the pork sausage <laughs> and like fed it to somebody mm-hmm. and so she's got hepatitis C and she's ground in with the pork sausage and you eat it, you can get hepatitis C. It's mm-hmm. an actual it, yeah, it's it's legit. You can fucking it's, contract it that way. I mean, given that she's a a drug addict a drug user and she uses needles she could have got it either way but she like to blame it on well i well it's true and i learned you know in my young young years when i was still running around with sketchy ass people i learned that people who do drugs intravenously rarely give a shit whether or not that needle's clean yeah they just want to get the... They just want to get high. Yeah. yeah. And she was a drug addict at, at a point, and so she could have got it either way, but I, I mean... She... I, but we did the research. It can... You can yes. fucking get it that way. Now, that's what she was convinced, that I have eaten human remains. I now have hepatitis C. After Andy was gone, Lynn stayed there and continued working for Willie. She cleaned the trailer, did other odd jobs. She was on drugs at all times, and Willie knew... He knew she was and paid for them along with her food, booze, cigarettes, whatever shit she needed. He didn't pay her a salary, but wrote letters to the welfare office to get assistance for her. Like, I'm not going to pay you, but I'll get you. I'll help you get state aid. And if she I mean, if she's living there for free and he's paying for all of her food, booze. Well, what the fuck else did she really need money for? Yeah. Yeah. And and can we take a moment and wonder how Willie Picton can write a letter because he didn't make it 
very far in school. I don't know. I'm sure he can. A lot of people can. But still, that thought crossed my mind. I'm like, dude, he dropped out of school. I wonder what his letters look like. But some people just... God only knows. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she had heard rumors that were going around about Willie butchering women. She finally got enough guts to ask douchebag Dave about it. She said she'd been hearing a lot of rumors and there were a lot of, like, fucking limbs, like arms and legs and shit in the freezer. Dave said... Let's go, let's go out of the trailer and talk. Don't take your rumors to Dave. Okay. He took her to the trailer, pushed her up against the wall, and slapped her. She ran down the hall to her room and tried to close the door, but he pushed it through. She grabs a vase, and she, like, broke the window in the room. So she's trying to get the fuck away. Dave told Willie that he wanted her off the farm, but Willie let her stay, just told her to stay in the trailer if Dave was around. So if you see him fucking wandering about, keep your ass in here. Yeah. People didn't believe a lot of the stories she said because she was on drugs all the time. And, well, you know. it's it's difficult from personal experience being around people that use drugs. And obviously, I've I've aired that before that I had a, a methamphetamine problem when I was in my early 20s. I, having personal experience as a person that abused narcotics and being around them, the things that will come out of people's mouths, whether it's a blatant lie or they've been up so long or they're so mentally unhinged from putting toxic shit in their body like you you can't trust what comes out of people's fucking faces no and a lot of her she would remember some of it but didn't know like when it, when, happened. it was like the the five w's or yeah. like the five like the when why what yeah where it how like kind of blended in yeah which is how i function and i'm not on drugs oh, fuck me too <laughs> it's like my kids i woke up the other day like i think it was saturday and they were gone i was like where the fuck are you guys and like we're at this birthday party we told you about it last night i'm like oh yeah i forgot oh, yeah. yeah don't don't ask me to remember shit well now on march 20th 1999 willie and lynn went to the downtown east side together she needed to buy some drugs, and he wanted a girl. They found both. Go figure. They picked up a woman by the name of Georgina Pappen. This woman was smoking crack with Lynn on the way back to the farm. They continued to smoke more crack, and Willie was over it. <laughs> Seeing how he's not a big fan of drugs. No. He was ready to do his thing. Willie and the women went to his room. Lynn went to her room and smoked even more crack. Hmm. She's fucking crack a it. Yeah, she is. Uh, she, she sort of like passed out, fell asleep, and then thought she heard a scream outside. So she went out of her room to see what it was. She went to Willie's room and there were clothes all over the place, but nobody was in there. She went into the kitchen and from there she could see a light on in the barn where Willie butchered the pigs, which was really close to the trailer. She opened the trailer door and stood on the porch. The light that was on in the barn wasn't the regular light that he used and... She said she heard a noise but didn't know what it was. So she started walking towards the barn. She said, quote, there was a really rude smell. (laughs) I'm not the one with the rude smell, eh? (laughs) Eh? (laughs) When she got all the way in, she saw legs dangling. She just stood there in shock for a minute. It's like when you walk in on someone going to the bathroom and you're like, no. And you can't really do anything for a second. And then she yelled, Willie! He came out from behind the door and grabbed her arm, walked her over to the table, and made her stand at the end of the table. She was super sick by this time because there is a, there are human legs dangling from. Well, shit, yeah, dude, you're looking at some of the most grotesque things. 
And I think, okay, the documentary shows her legs hanging like she's upright, but I don't think that's it because he would hang them upside down and bleed them out. So I bet it was just the legs hanging there upside down, like with the chain around her mm-hmm. ankles and, you know. Hoisted up. Yeah. Um, she didn't dare look around because there was legs dangling straight in front of her. She mm-hmm. assumed it was the woman that they had picked up. Her toenails were polished, and that's not, that's basically all she remembered about that. There was hair on the table, along with other things that she couldn't identify. And he's just like cutting away at it as she's looking, and there's blood going everywhere. And well, this uh, is the best part, though. He then told her, quote, It's okay. She's just like a pig, anyways. It's all right. It's going to be all right. She's just like a pig, anyway. What the fuck, Mary? That's see, and this is why belief is that he's a missionary killer. Yeah, he believes that he believes that he's doing a good thing. Mm Mm-hmm. He continued cutting up parts and putting the scraps in the bucket next to him, and that was the shit that goes to West Coast Reduction. And he looked at her and told her, "You say a word to anybody, do anything. This this will be you right beside her." Like, he basically threatened her with her life. Like, go ahead. I dare you. Fucking yeah. say something. You'll be right by her if, if you say shit. She said she wouldn't say anything to anyone. All she wanted was her dope and her booze. Like, she just kept repeating that to him as they were, like, they were going through all this. She kept repeating it to him. She would say, I just want my dope and my booze. I just want my dope and my booze. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're doing in here. Just give me my dope and my booze. He wouldn't let her leave the barn by herself. He told her he was going to take her where she needed to go. He gave her $100 and called her a cab and walked her to it to make sure that she got in. Fuck yeah, I'm getting in. I'm getting in and getting the fuck out. Where the fuck do you think I'm going? Fiera gas. I'm getting the fuck out. Like you want to sleep Like, right oh, next you want to fucking lake. stay? Mm-mm, no. She went to Surrey and drank and got high for a few days. She told people that she moved away from the farm forever at that point, which wasn't true. Nobody knows if she lived there full time or not, but on March 29th and May 30th, There were ambulances called to the farm because Lynn had overdosed on drugs. Willie was the one that called the ambulance both times. Do you wonder if he was trying to overdose her so she would die? Like, I wonder if she's pulling a Gemma from Sons of Anarchy when she, like, just pushes all that dope into her. Remember that? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe she just got too high to fucking qualify on her own accord. And, And it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me either way if he were responsible for her overdoses or if she were. Because at this point, she's fucking terrified. I can only imagine what kind of self-medicating she's doing for, like, anxiety, fear, what have you, depression. You know what I mean? And if you're smoking crack and drinking at the same time, you're taking an upper and a fucking downer at the same time. Which has a really adverse effect on the fucking body. So, God only knows. Uh... When the word got out that Georgina went missing, people didn't believe it, and she um, and said she was too street smart to go missing. So she was a clever, witty girl. Yeah. So, but now she's gone. So where the fuck is she gone? Well, we know. Nobody else knows. Well, and I think that her ration, rationale, rationale. rationale was that she was safe because there was another girl there. Right. She had a spotter. going together. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. Not today. No. When the word got out... Like we said, everybody's like, no, 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 she's too smart. A woman named Sharon was with Georgina that night, the night that she went missing. 
In fact, Georgina asked Sharon if she wanted to go with her to the Picton farm. She said she couldn't stand Willie and that she didn't want to go. Well, she said that he'd given her 20 bucks for drugs and told her to come out or to come back, but she didn't. The next day she was discovered. Oh my God, fuck words. <laughs> the next day she discovered that Georgina went missing. Two days later, she went back to Astoria and he was there. As soon as he saw her, he went right over to her. Fucking junkie ripped me off. And he punched her right in the side of the fucking head. What a nice man. Over 20 bucks. You've got millions and you're pissed that she took your 20 bucks. What did you think she was going to do? We don't turn hoes into housewives. No. And you don't hand a drug addict fucking money and then expect them to be a stand-up individual and fucking do your fetch and go for you. And I think that he was asking her to go buy drugs for him to keep so he could hand it out to the girls. Right, right. And she was like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. You you fucking hand somebody 20 bucks that lives in Skid Row. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Dude, that's like handing 20 bucks to your kids to go buy $6 worth of fucking produce and then asking for your change back. You know that shit ain't going to fly. Not gonna that, it's it. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You ain't getting that change back. What most people think is that Georgina went missing March 4th. However, she was seen in the emergency room on the 16th of March with chest pains and she had pneumonia and had overdosed on drugs. She was there for a few days till the AMA, till she left AMA. Against medical advice. advice. And that was the last anybody had seen of her. We're going to give you a list of all the women that Robert Pipton murdered that there's evidence to support those specific murders. Serena Abbott's way disappeared on August 2001 at the age of 29. Mona Wilson disappeared November 2001 at the age of 26. Angela Josbury was last seen June 2001. Brenda Wolf disappeared in February of 1999. Georgina Pappen was last seen March 1999. She was 34 years old. Marnie Frey disappeared September 4th, 1999. Jacqueline Michelle McDonald was last seen January 16th, 1999 and was 23. Diane Rosemary Rock was last seen October 19th, 2001. Was 34 years old. Heather Kathleen Bottomley was last seen April 17th, 2001. She was 25 years old. Jennifer Lynn Firminger was last seen in 1999. Helen May Hallmark was last seen June 15th of 1997. Patricia Rose Johnson was last seen in March of 2001. Heather Chinock was last seen April 2001. She was 30. Tanya Hollick was last seen in October 1996. She was 23. Sherry Irvin was last seen 1997. She was only 24. Inga Monique Hall was last seen February 1998. She was 46. Tiffany Drew was last seen December of 1999 at the age of 25. Sarah Devries was last seen April of 1998 and she was age 28. Cynthia Felix was last seen November 1997 at the age of 43. Angela Rebecca Jardine, last seen November 20th, 1998. Diana Melnick was last seen December 1995. She was 20 20 years old when the police said she disappeared. Deborah Lynn Jones was last seen November of 2000 at the age of 43. Wendy Crawford, last seen December 1999 at the age of 43. Carrie Koski, last seen in January 1998 at the age of 38. Andrea Faye Borhaven, last seen March 1997 at the age of 25. 
Kara Louise Ellis, a.k.a. Nikki Trimble, was last seen in 1996. She was 25. She actually wasn't even reported missing until 2002 either. Yeah. There was a lot of them. We're going to give a lot more information in a separate sewed, not a so sewed, not a regular sewed. Just like uh, a bonus sewed. A picked and sewed. Yeah. Just a boner sewed. A boner sewed. We'll call it the pork sewed. <laughs> yes. We're going to give you a pork sewed that's full of just information about these women, what their family life was like, just so you can see what what he was doing. Because to a lot of people, including the police, they were just throwaways. Yeah. Which maybe they made bad life choices and they weren't doing what they needed to do or what they should have been doing. But they had children. They had parents. They had people who loved them. They weren't throwaways to, to people. And, and I get it, dude. Like, I'm one of those people, and I've said it on I've, I've said it to people's faces. I've said it on social media. I have a hard time respecting people that don't respect themselves Yes. enough to value their own lives. However, I completely understand addiction. I completely understand mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I, I know... Beyond a shadow of a doubt, even when I was considered a fucking finger quote throwaway, there's there were still lots of people that gave a shit. Yeah, and whether, whether or not I was safe, if I was alive. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's 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 a difficult like back and forth. Yeah, because at the time you don't give a shit. You don't respect yourself. You don't. But there are people that do. There's people, oh, there's people that love you that people. still mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're fucking okay. And you know what I mean? That's why I wanted to talk about all of them is because I want to tell you who. Who was there that cared about them? Who, what Willie Pickton did? Like, some people could say, oh, well, they were just prostitutes. They were drug addict prostitutes on the street and they were never going to get any better. You know what? Maybe. But their families cared about them. Their families wanted them to get better. Their families wanted oh, yeah. them to be there. And it's, I think that something like recently that was eye-opening to me was that um when you realize that you're not respecting yourself and you're not respecting your life and like your health and you're making bad choices it's kind of a kick to the gut and you have to like wrap your fucking brain around it and handle that shit you know what I mean but um it's it's kind of a double-edged sword for me I, I, I've been that person. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a sex worker, you know, I mean, not technically, no, just kidding. I wasn't a sex worker, but you know, I had a drug problem and you know, I, when I, I briefly had a problem with alcohol, you know what I mean? You fucking self-medicate and for whatever purpose. And that's when I was like, yeah, you know what? You need to fucking handle your shit. Cause if you're going to say things like, I don't respect people that don't respect themselves. Well, it was kind of like that fucking Michael Jackson song man in the mirror like go take a long hard fucking look at yourself yeah and take care of fucking business one of the cases that we're going to be doing in the near future which uh you guys have probably seen on social media uh for dj ficky i think that's a lot to do with his case is that the people around the police and everything everybody else saw him as a fucking throwaway i know someone who was missing at this time whose family is very worried about her who is panicking and they're freaking out and by what she thinks is her life because she's blocked everybody on facebook 
she thinks that her life doesn't matter to anybody else and just leave me alone, let me do my thing. Well, in the meantime, her family is flipping the fuck out. People are losing their minds because their daughter, their sister, their mother is missing. This is... It's, they're not just a throwaway, Robert. Next week, we will actually talk about how Willie was caught and what they found on that nasty-ass pig farm. That's a whole episode for itself because the investigation... The investigation. The investigation went for years. <laughs> it was, Dude, I, you remind me of the Pink Panther with Steve Martin. <laughs> I would like to have a hamburger. I would like to have hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> investigation. Investigation. It went for years. Well, because they had to sift through all that shit. Uh, All the gas. There was all that shit. So stay tuned because we've got Pork Chop Rob Pot 4. The disgustingness. Uh, The fucking filth. The fucking filth of the butcher. Ew. Get your merch. Color Me Dead. Pod.threadless.com or redbubble.com slash people slash Color Me Dead Pod. Your Gory Gal signature signature bath bomb. <laughs> you might want to try that again. Yeah. <laughs> Get your Gory Gal signature bath bomb and so much more at thepurplelotusonline.com. Use the promo code DEADPOD15. Yeesh. That will give you 15% off, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if- we've got the body farm, the sweet sticky murder, and the bloodbath. Yum. Yeesh. I need more. I know. I'm out. And I actually... Um, my psoriasis has started to come back. Oh, shit. Yeah. You noticed? It's behind my freaking ears and on my scalp, too. No, but let's go get some more. Yeah. Dude, look at that shit. They need to open okay, special for us. Jen, if you're listening, I'm going to need you to call me so I can go in there. We're going to need a special screening for just <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm going to need to spend another hundred fucking fifty dollars on bath bombs. Yes. But they, no, really, like I, I ran out and my psoriasis is popping back up. It's fucked up. Oh, that's crazy. I know. Bath bombs help. Uh, check us out on social media, guys. We're on Facebook at Color Me Dead Podcast. You can join our Facebook group, which is True Crime and Fuckery Most Foul, at the uh, Color Me Dead group. You can join us on Instagram at Color Me Dead Podcast and Twitter at Color Me Dead Pod. You can follow Nikki, Sticky Nikki, <laughs> on Instagram at Gory underscore Nikki and at N T O O N E on Twitter. How about. We don't get in cars with Willie Picton. And And stay stay out out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.